welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. I'm this week's host, Eddie Webb, and with me are my co-hosts, Dixie Cochran. Hi. And Danielle Lazon. Hello. And this is weird. I haven't hosted in a while. Welcome. I mean, I I did host, but we lost that episode, so we don't talk about that episode. Yeah, we, we, we don't talk about that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you again? I mean, right. I... I, I still say that the reason that we lost that our character creation episode was because we did say the name of a certain Shakespearean play that I thought you only had a superstition about saying it on stage. Uh, but apparently uh, talking in a voice channel counts as a stage. Uh, ah. so I will not be saying the name of that Shakespearean Scottish play again uh, on this episode. Right, exactly. If one of you does it uh, and the episode dies, then I will blame you. Well, I will then not be saying that particular player's name because <laughs> I mean, at first like probably like going that seems ridiculous but also there is literally a discord uh function called stage um so that's what i'm saying could be could be true could be true podcast is our stage we simply it's players <laughs> <laughs> all the cast the stage uh, so we're, uh, not going to be doing character creation, um, but instead we do still want to talk about they came from the RPG anthology, uh, so we're going to do about that today, but rather than the book itself, uh, which, uh, Dixie and Matthew talked about in wonderful detail in a previous episode, uh, instead we're going to talk about kind of, uh, what could be, what possible options might happen with, uh, they came from the RPG anthology. And, and we are recording this during the first poll going on, which is, I think, closing soon as, as of time of recording. Um, right. So if the other poll has gone up when you hear this episode, we we don't know about it yet because we're in the past because we're time travelers. <laughs> we're bad time travelers. We're the worst. <laughs> we, we can only go about one to two weeks in the past and we just forget everything. It's yeah. Awful. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so related to that, I mean, um, these are all just possibilities. Uh, we're not, you know, absolutely things can change. Um, we're trying to be very flexible, uh, and, and put different options up. So the things you talk about here may or may not ever show up. Uh, and just because your favorite thing doesn't win, doesn't mean that we'll never do that. Uh, these are all just what we're going to put into this book this time around. So, yeah. uh, um, do we want to quickly run through what's in the manuscript right now so people are at least aware of those? Yeah, totally. Um, so, obviously, we're talking about is they came from the RPG anthology, currently on Kickstarter. Um, this is the core book, really, for they came from. Yeah. Uh, so it includes all the main rules, it includes Story Path Ultra, and it includes uh, five main genres as of right now that you can play in. Um, and we are via the use of polls and uh, quick writing staff after the after the Kickstarter, adding in a few more genres. Um, we've had so many ideas over the years, and by we, I mean like us internally at Onyx Path, people externally from Onyx Path, all the fans. Everybody always has a genre they want to put in. They came from um, because oh, yeah. you know we all have genres that we like. We all have genres that we think would be fun to play, and we all have genres that are just w well known and well loved. Um, so, uh, Matthew and the rest of the team selected five to be the kind of core five for the book, and mm -hmm. they are Westerns in, they came from Cowboys Gulch. Mm-hmm. And then we have Noir, what's that one called, Eddie? Uh, they came from the Mean Streets. 
Uh, yeah, no, let me try again. They came from the mean streets. That's nice. Nice. But nice. he just became Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> Spare me. Uh, we have our wonderful uh, kind of period drama. Uh, you know, think think your your Downton Abbey's, your your Bridgertons, and they came from Bridgerton Rectory. Mm-hmm. And the one Danielle that we sadly lost our characters for. Oh, they came from the Bard's Quill, or the Shakespearean. Say, yeah, we we had a lot of fun playing a, uh, or not playing, but making a kind of clumsy noblewoman who is on a revenge quest. Yes, was your character? Yes, and I and I was a hot-headed young princess who was out to uh, commit murder. Yes, Just murder everyone. <laughs> murder so princess. Murder. Uh, and then one of the most requested ones uh, over the past several years since we first started doing they came from is they came from the Interstellar Starship, mm-hmm. um, which is, of course, all things Star Trek, Mass Effect. Uh, I, I guess you could use it to play your they came from version of Trinity Aeon if you really wanted to. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely it's, it's, it's space opera. It, it, it's, you get mm-hmm. into a starship and, and find strange planets. Yeah. Or, you space know, how long drama. Yeah. Or just have drama on the starship, as often happens in those shows. Yes, Lower so deck style. <laughs> yes. So go into the poll because I have a, a comment that I need to say. Okay. Um, so the first poll, I'm looking at it, and I I didn't read through these because I'm a schlub. Um and so the the options were they came from the billiard room with the candlestick, the mystery genre. So Benoit Blanc, Agatha Christie, Clue, uh, et cetera, with thrilling new archetypes such as Butler and Colonel and a mystery plot device system. Um, <clears throat> they came from Dawkins Creek, which is... I love that title. That title she is, is great. That is yeah. Great. I, so think, early... I think a fan suggested that in a comment. But yeah, it's so good. Dawkins Creek. Yeah, so good. Uh, 90s, early aughts, teen drama with the Dawson's Creek, the OC, Sweet Valley High, with archetypes including the lovesick and wonderkind, and cinematics designed for playing Coldplay at appropriate moments. Nice, nice. And then there is my personal favorite, the one I want to make a comment about, which is they came from high-octane apocalypse. Post-apocalypse movies and video games often taking place along long stretches of highways such as Mad Max, Fallout, The Road, etc., with archetypes such as Loner and The Leather Daddy and explosive cinematic effects. I am so happy that this one was going to have such queer representation (laughs) as to have an entire archetype of The Leather Daddy. (laughs) And if y'all aren't voting for that, what is your fucking problem? (laughs) We don't expect that. I encourage you to vote in a particular way. I'll be happy with any decision you make. (laughs) Also, because it's an archetype, and they came from that would imply that the the, the leather daddy can be any in, in any gender, um, or or yes. any kind of person. So generally, I mean, you just have to have some kind of like leather daddy energy to be yes. a leather daddy, right? But I mean, but honestly, again, th- these are always meant to be kind of making fun of the tropes of these movies, and it absolutely is a trope that for some reason, when the apocalypse happens and everything is devastated, the only clothing stores left will be sex shops. Yes, well, and a, and everybody. <laughs> Well, A, they're the hardest to get to. They're usually tucked away. And B, <laughs> leather lasts for a long time. I'm That's just saying. True. It's true. Yeah. When, <laughs> when, all your, when all your cotton 
pants and t-shirts are are moth-eaten and dust, your chaps and harnesses will still be available. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And there's like sick 1970s hats like at the, the village. Oh, yeah. There. Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm here for this. I am here for this. I uh, I have no idea who wrote Leather Daddy, but I really hope that they knew what they were doing. Well, <laughs> it ha I mean, as an archetype has not been written yet, but somebody wrote Leather Daddy as an archetype. That choice? That's, that, that's right. what I mean. Like, I really hope whoever right. wrote that choice knows what they're doing. <laughs> I, I want I like I want this to be a thing. Everybody needs to vote for this, which, you know, of course, it's already happened. So, like, I'm a pleading to a deaf audience. Um, <laughs> but I want this to be a thing so I can write the Leather Daddy archetype. And if it doesn't become a thing, I may just write a Leather Daddy archetype and put it on the Nexus. We should just make a they came from like the, you know, rainbow. And just make a bunch oh of Oh my god, type. yes. <laughs> yes. I kind of awesome. love that. I mean, because one thing that Matthew's been very clear about is that any archetype can be played in any other genre. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they they came from over the rainbow. It could be a really fun little Nexus supplement if we don't, you know, do these things in-house. So I mean, let's let's kind of talk about it. I mean, you know, all of us have, have worked on games, all of us have, have mm -hmm. developed games. Um, this is just kind of Blue sky, none of this is, is binding contractually, but more kind of if we were to break these down as as, mm. as, as creatives, how would we do this? Let's start with let's talk about it now. Let's start with the high octane apocalypse. I mean, what kinds of tropes would one look at aside from data, what other archetypes would one look at? What kinds of things would we want to as a design maybe put into this? Oh gosh. Um I'm I'm just gonna go first because I'm less familiar with a lot of these. Um mm. I have played a fallout game um okay. and i have not seen mad max i've read the road uh and i assume we can also throw in some like a little inspiration from things like the last of us and walking dead in here oh um, yeah, yeah absolutely uh so i'd say there has to be in addition to the loner and the leather daddy which are definitely archetypes mm -hmm. uh there obviously needs to be like the kid um, and the kid okay. is probably special in some way and probably needs to be taken somewhere because that seems to happen if if there is a person under, you know, 18 in a lot of these post-apocalypse movies. There's there's often, you know, some kind of child who needs to be taken care of that I've seen. It's true. It's true. Or 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 be found in the case of Fallout. Fallout 4 specifically, because that's the one I played. Yeah. No, that makes um, sense. So I think there needs to be, so there's the loner, which is clearly like Mad Max. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking about all these nineties um, post-apocalypse films uh, that are not mentioned here, like Waterworld and uh, oh, yeah. the Postman. Oh, yeah. Um, all, all poor Kevin Costner. Like, <laughs> just, is that, is that an archetype poor Kevin Costner? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, th I think that those have, while those characters could be loners, mm -hmm. um, I think you have like a traveler in, mm. this, in this thing where it's some person who is explicitly going from point A to point B and they don't have to be alone. They just, they're on a, a, 
a mission to get from point A to point B. I feel like that means that you could also make a new solo player variant of this version uh, that is just Death Stranding. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. entire game is about Norman Reedus walking, you know? <laughs> also, Norman Reedus. Poor, poor Norman Reedus. Is he the Kevin Costner of the uh, 2020s? I <laughs> think so. Walking Dead and Death Stranding and everything? I think yes. so. Uh, oh. Yeah. I mean, there... What what would like a Furiosa be in this kind of system or your like, you know, Fallout main character? Because they're not quite a loner or a traveler. They're like some they're 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 a a, a rebel or, you know I would maybe call that kind of... a savior. Savior. Okay. That's a great word. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's someone who uh, uh, tries to overthrow the the various small governments that have come up in the post apocalyptic yep. wasteland. Yep. Right. Yeah, no, I can see that. Uh, I also feel like um, because it simply says uh, uh, taking place along long stretches of highway, mm -hmm. uh, some kind of cinematic driving rules might come oh, yes. far here. Like, uh, I mean, obviously we're going to have gunfights on vehicles because that's just the thing that you do in a lot of action films yeah, uh, yeah, specifically yeah. like uh, uh there are going to be uh, races and chases in these kinds of movies um and so i i would love to see something like that because chase rules are odd in tabletop role-playing games in general mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, in my experience they kind of fall into three rough categories which is super crunchy like uh, you're going 90 miles an hour and i'm going 85 miles an hour so we have to calculate the difference in miles per hour and, and no I've, i i i took all my standardized math tests over 20 years ago i don't want to do that if a train <laughs> goes one direction in 60 miles an hour a train goes a different direction in 50 no. miles an hour no, <laughs> right that's what they feel like um then there's a second school which is just super abstract right where it's like okay you're going faster than this guy um so it, you're gonna eventually catch up or you're gonna eventually get away so that's just that's the entire conversation. Right. Uh, and then there's a third path, which is uh, the speed is secondary to what the characters do in the cars. And I feel like that's probably mm -hmm. the path you want to go for where they came from, where it's like the actual speed is wrong. You're going just randomly, generically fast. Uh, and yeah. an interesting level of fast. It, it's not too slow. It's not so fast that you die immediately so it's interesting level fast and so now it's the okay i'm trying to do a maneuver to cut you off to to get you know certain number of, of percentage more so it would almost be like um but i hate to invoke this uh, like the milestone system to a degree uh in in story mm -hmm. path where it's the i have as chaser i have to overcome x number of milestones to catch up with the person and the other person is trying to set the difficulty for each of those milestones by their driving. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you could do cinematics like um, a stunt car uh, where um, the, the car, this car obviously gets swapped out for a different car that's <laughs> able to do things. Um, exploding car uh, because like even though in the real world it's extremely difficult to explode a car in these kinds of movies, looking at a car the wrong way will cause it to explode. Yeah, you also definitely need to have some kind of like, you know, nitrous boost cinematic so you can catch up to the guy at the last second. Right, right, right. 
Um, this is like not my movie genre. Like the the post apocalyptic part is, but the high octane part is not. <laughs> so I'm sitting here like trying to be like uh huh uh huh, but then thinking about like Fallout, where I'm like, you don't have vehicles. Like, what are you talking about? Right, and that's walk everywhere. <laughs> this is a piece of, and this is why sometimes thinking about these games is interesting from a, a, a media studies perspective, uh-huh. is because Mad Max much like Star Wars, kind of set a stamp on its genre. And then later movies, it, the immediate fall movies became, how can we make that exactly like that? And then subsequent movies became, how can we be different from that? So Star Wars set space fantasy in a very specific way. And then like a lot of films in the late 70s, early 80s became basically just like Star Wars. And then movies after that became, how can we do a different take? How can we do something mm-hmm. different? Um, and I think taking cars out of the equation uh, was probably a big part of the post-apocalypse thing, and be- especially when zombies get involved, because it's the okay, right. if you have zombies, you get in the car, okay, pff, I'm going by. Right. Uh, that's all of it. Um, so that whole kind of very specific fast-moving vehicle thing kind of fell away pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if you wanted to broaden this, you may want to carve that part out. Um, but even then, like, even if you have just people walking down a long piece of road, more like you're walking dead, you're the road or whatever. Um, even then there's another set of cinematics, like uh, uh, then vehicles become terrain effectively. Right. There are abandoned cars everywhere, places for people to hide in, jump out of. Uh, I would argue that in both scenarios, the vehicles are just terrain. Oh, even in chase situation? Even in the chase situation, because if I think about like a Mad Max style chase, like the the cars aren't really cutting each other off and like it, they, they're firing at each other, but people are like jumping from one car to another and punching people out and taking control of the car and mm. then driving into another car and then mm. jumping onto the other cars. So like, honestly, it, like if I imagine this in a they came from world like there's literally like the cars aren't moving. There's just like a, a fast rolling like scenery <laughs> thing that's going fast beside <laughs> them. Green screen, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and uh, and people are just like using the cars as as the set, and and honestly, that works for both scenarios. Whether you're moving mm-hmm. fast in a car or you're walking, and cars are the terrain. So in that perspective, I mean, would the cars be like fields effectively? Yeah. I like it. That said, I love that we're talking for this long about one possible pull option that might we, not have we, even gotten picked. It's not we, even on the top, like, it's not even in the top running as we're recording. Right. So, so let's, let's let's talk about the other one that's not on the top running then. Okay. Which Dawkins is Creek. Dawkins, Dawkins Creek. Creek. Still the best name. I don't believe no one thought of that until this this Kickstarter. Whatever. Um uh, this is this is where I'm like I don't know much about this like like I think my only real exposure to this would have been Smallville which was very much kind of this but superpowers. Yeah, I mean I definitely was like a sweet belly high nerd when I was younger, but as 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 many kids who are you know considered at advanced readers I guess are I was reading them when I was far too young to really understand what was going on half the time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. which means that I was probably in like fifth and sixth grade reading the sweet belly high and like the super specials and even then they were easy reads you know mm-hmm. but they did warp my idea of what high school was going to be like 
Um, I can imagine. <laughs> I have also uh, the the teen show that is also a murder drama is a thing that I like as a kind of a you know turn my brain off and watch TV thing. Oh, like uh, like uh, uh, Veronica hit or I was going to say pr- Pretty Little Liars is oh, okay the, the the main one that I've seen all the way through. And that the new reboot on HBO or Max or whatever its name is this week is also really good. But like, I I I also have not really done much in this since those times. And when I, when a lot of those shows were big, I was more into like Buffy and X Files, um, which you know Buffy definitely has some trappings of the teen drama genre. Yeah, but I don't absolutely. think it 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 fits neatly into that bucket though. Did I, you watch any of these shows really, Danielle? So I watched a little bit of Dawson's Creek when it first came out because I was mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. Um, and then I left for college and stopped watching TV all- entirely. Okay. So my best friend loves Gilmore Girls, which I think is kind of in the genre, but which I yeah. also have not seen. Also, so, yeah, I think Gilmore Girls also came out uh, while I was in college. And so therefore, I never watched any of it. That said, if you're going to do a teen drama, I mean, I feel like, you know, John Hughes established the archetypes in The Breakfast Club, and then we've just had variations on them ever since. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of probably where I would go for some of the archetypes, although I know that the lines aren't nearly as delineated in these, like, late 90s, early aughts teen dramas, because they were trying to get rid of the stereotypes a little bit. But there's probably someone who's more nerdy, and there's probably, as it says in the description, there's probably some kind of, you know, Wunderkind who is either, like, a really awesome you know, science person or very good at sports and everything else, or that person who they're like, oh, he's a football star, but he's also on the paper because he's sensitive, you know, they're right. trying to have have fun with that. Um, but that said, this is definitely, as, as much as it feels like it should be a genre that I am really into, it's really not, because I was mostly reading um, horror at that time, more than Sweet Valley High. Like, when, like, Sweet Valley High would do these, like, overwrought horror plot lines. I was talking to Riz Bailey about this a few days ago. And um, and I, I I don't even remember why, but some of this stuff got brought up, and I was telling her about the uh, five or six book long evil twin storyline from Sweet Valley High, wow. uh, where there were there there was a whole separate set of twins who looked just like the Sweet Valley High twins, but they were murderers. They decided to come take the girl's place, and murder happened, and. and Still to this day, shocked that that was in like the mainline Sweet Valley High series. Like that was just a plot line they did for books like ninety five through one hundred. So it's it, it's, it's weird. As you talk about this, it kind of it feels like there's a lot of overlap with just soap opera in general. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and lots. I have found I'm not a rabid connoisseur of soap operas, but I have watched more than perhaps most people would believe. Um, and I have found that most soap operas on a long enough timeline will start just doing shit to see if people are paying attention. Yeah, basically. Because, uh, yeah, the Sweet Valley High books and later books also include vampires and werewolves and the twins right. maybe date them. It, it they're, they're strange books. Like, from the first 15 or 20, you would not know what you're going to get from, like, book 95, you know? Right, and um, there's a uh, Dark Shadows. I was, uh, I had to think for Dark Shadows is great. I love the original Dark Shadows. And, and, and a lot of people remember it now as, as Dark Shadows was the soap opera that had vampires and other stuff in it. But the thing is, like, a lot of people forget that the first, like, 
30 or so episodes, it was just a straightforward soap opera. It took a while to get to the 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 the, the, the mystical stuff, the vampires and witches and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like this is, I think, of all of the genres talked about, the ones that would benefit the most, or at least have the most uh expansion to connect with another genre like if you do this plus beyond the grave then yeah you get dark shadows if you do this plus interstellar starship then you get um uh space high um you know if you get this plus uh the bard's quill you get romeo and juliet you know and if you do this plus noir you get every single show that has murder in it because like all of the current cw lineup shows like have like a lot of people still watch them but nobody, I don't think, will argue that they're like not campy because you know your oh, no, no. your Riverdales and your freaking Sabrinas and whatever. Like I once again haven't watched many of them. Watched the first season and a half or so of Riverdale, and every episode was just like, what, what, right? What's happening? That 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 person murdered that. Per- why why is there so much murder in this Archie show? Okay, here we are. You know, um, yeah. All right. It, it- and, and, and CW shows them honestly. Now that you say that, this basically is they came from the CW on some level, <laughs> right? But because CW does have a very specific formula, their their superhero shows follow it, their their teen shows yep. follow it, their crime shows follow it, which is pretty people saying stock lines and the writers coming up with scripts week to week. So yeah, I mean, some, so... sometimes they'll do planning, but yeah, sometimes it's like uh, we're just going to kill this person off because reasons. Yeah. Yep. I do kind of understand, like, why, you know, as, as a lesson we're looking at it, this, like, hasn't been the, the top poll. Because I feel like as far as selling it on, like, how to play it, that would be a little more difficult. I'm not saying that writers couldn't do that. But just for me, just kind of, like, looking at it and brainstorming, I'm like, I don't know what I would do in this. You know, it just feels kind of monster heartsy. Yeah. It was a game I, I already like. <laughs> I feel like it... It would serve better to be like a sub. Yeah. Like I th- so I feel like they came from uh, games. All of them could have what I would call subgenres. Maybe I would call them that. I don't know. Like I, if I were producing a book of them, it would be like a tasty bit. Um, right. Or maybe something a little bigger than a tasty bit. That is uh, some archetypes that fit all within the same genre. Like, these are all archetypes from 90s and early aughts teen dramas. But Mm -hmm. they are not their own genre. They slot into another genre instead. Uh, and I think that you could do that with a couple of different ideas, but it's essentially, here's a group of archetypes that fit together and make sense. And then you put them in different scenarios. Okay. So, um, uh, um, first thing is meant basically like they kind of hyphenate genres, like, yeah. uh, 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 science fiction, horror, science, you know, yes. uh, uh, soap opera. Like for example, um, if you take some of the archetypes you're talking about, you could theoretically drop them into a wrestling game, you know, because because yep. all those archetypes are similar. You know, is it the person who's good at everything, the person who's kind of a jerk, but it's very popular. Um, mm-hmm. Those are also wrestling archetypes as well as they are soap opera archetypes. Yeah, um, you could like, like 
Dixie said you could drop them into crime drama, and then you basically get Scooby Doo. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. You could put them so, in. Yeah. yeah, and and I think that that's you know there's a couple of I I've seen some other people make some suggestions, fan suggestions, and or just other writers, and I think to myself like I could see that connecting with other things, but mm-hmm. I don't know how it would necessarily be its own thing altogether. Right. So, yeah. with that said, the one that I I. I'll say it, the one that I voted for. Sorry, Danielle. No, it's fine. They came I'm about to go fight for High Octane Apocalypse 18 times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can only vote once per IP address. Oh, I'm, I'm um. going to go to my friend's houses. <laughs> <laughs> vote everywhere. Uh, but, but yeah, so I, I love the Benoit Blanc movies. Um, I, I, I got Eddie to watch them recently, and I think yes. you also very much enjoyed them. I, I did. Uh, I've actually uh, watched them in reverse order for reasons that are too dumb to get into. Um, but yes, I have watched now both of them, and I am deeply obsessed with Benoit Blanc. Yes, I need. Also, also Poker Face has just come to the UK. Oh, Poker Face is so good. I'm so glad you get to watch it. See, I love, I I love mysteries. I especially love like I was a Nancy Drew kid. Like uh-huh. my my aunt and grandma and everybody, like that's that's what I got for birthdays and Christmases for like a solid two years, were all of the Nancy Drew hardbacks, the original fifty six, um, and I definitely read all of them multiple times. Uh, and then when I started, when I started, kind of like outgrew them and was like, ah, I can see what's happening here, um, I started reading Agatha Christie mm-hmm. and other you know classic mystery stuff. I, I I read a lot of Sherlock Holmes, which you know is is in in that genre on on some level and that you're trying to figure out who did what yep um and i've always been super into them especially especially if the piece of media can actually avoid me figuring it out because that's what i get the most annoyed by (laughs) is when i can figure something out well before i'm supposed to yep like i want the movie to surprise me and that is part of why I like the Benoit Blanc movies is because every time that I think I have it figured out, they're like, ha ha but Ryan Johnson is one step ahead of you. And I'm like, damn it, Ryan Johnson. I, I, I'm going to digress. I know this has never done this podcast yeah. before. But, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I want to talk about why one of the reasons why I love the Benoit Blanc movies is that Ryan Johnson clearly understands how the human brain works and how the human brain consumes movies specifically. Uh-huh. Because a lot of mystery movies – are basically trying to take a novel and transpose it the screen and how a novel hides clues is different than how a movie hides clues. Yes, very much so. And the Benoit Blanc movies very much handles how movies hide clues because both movies I've seen, Ryan Johnson just shows you the answer and then does something immediately afterwards to where you yeah. forget you've just seen the answer. Yeah, yeah. When we were watching uh, Glass Onion, and no spoilers in, in this episode, please, like, just go watch no, it. No, 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 um, But I, I think of the, like, 18 things he put in plain sight and just let happen, I think I caught two of them. Yeah. And, like, pointed out to, to my boyfriend, like, 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 oh, he just did the thing, the thing that, you know, he wasn't supposed to do, or whatever. But, like, there were so many that when they actually came up, I was like, oh, my God, how did I not catch that? Because, yeah, when you go back through... And especially when you go to the end and, you know, of course, the person's always, like, explaining how the thing happened at the end because that's how these movies should end. You're sitting there like, oh, my God, why? How did I not see that? But that's 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 what's so genius about these movies, in my opinion. 
I I'm a huge fan of Knives Out. I'm a huge fan of Glass Onion. I was just talking about rewatching them the other day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I've only seen them both once, and so I'm 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 interested to go back and kind of like watch them again kind of knowing the ending because i do tend to forget plot points so it's been a couple years since i saw knives out um Uh but you know i know all the basics uh and yeah that'll be fun but but it's similar like um uh clue is is innovative in a different way in the sense that because there are three different endings and for those who don't know um clue is originally when it went to theaters uh each theater will get a different ending reel uh, mm-hmm. So you never knew which ending you were going to see when you went to go see Clue. And for a while, people didn't even realize there were multiple endings. They were just very confused talking to each other. Exactly, right. It's the, wait a minute, what, that's not what happens. But what's fascinating about this is that, that the movie then has to write to make all three of those endings theoretically plausible. So there's a lot of stuff happening on screen, and then the ending decides which of those are red herrings, which of those were valid. Mm. Uh, so when you're doing a they-came-from style of this specific genre – you have to kind of not know what the ending is as a group. Like, like even as the director, you probably shouldn't know what the ending is because that's the best way I think to emulate this kind of movie style. Right. So like, it is one of those where, I mean, that's, that's something that we talk about a lot just in, in RPGs in general, when you're running a game, it is often more interesting to set up a question and let your players answer it. than to try to like provide the answer. Um, I've, I, I've been in games even recently where like, the the answer is provided, and so no matter how clever you are, the storyteller might be like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, well, that's frustrating. <laughs> I don't like that. I would rather feel clever, you know? Right, exactly. Another much more obscure touchstone that I've recently stumbled across and have become obsessed with uh, is that there was a British game show called Who Done It, mm-hmm. uh, And... Uh, I originally watched it just because it's hosted by um, John Pertwee, who was the third Doctor in Doctor Who. And it's like, oh, this need to see his work outside of Doctor Who. Uh, but the premise is fascinating because they genuinely record like a 15-minute murder mystery of all but the ending, right? Uh, and so basically they get to the point where it's like the big kind of twist. So everything episode up to the twist, then they stop. And then they actually have a game show where people uh, start to figure out what happened and ask questions. The, the interesting piece is that all of the characters from the case are on stage with the contestants, and they're still in character. So the audience members are all playing a game show. All of the suspects are, are in part of a deadly serious murder investigation. And it's like this weird blending of in-character and out-of-character that just continues to blow my mind in ways that probably I shouldn't be obsessed about, but it's like – the conversations they have because because these actors are trying desperately to stay in character this whole time, uh, and then of course eventually there, there's one answer and moves real. But similar to what we're talking about, it's often like really tiny stuff that's buried in these clips, uh, like one small hand movement that if you weren't paying attention, it tells you the whole mystery. So it's really really hard obscure stuff that's difficult to find. Uh, so that's more just kind of hiding clues by being hard, right? But but even then, it's like, you know, you have this idea of when you do these kinds of, this particular kind of mystery thing, you can't really have a, I'll say, the investigator archetype seems like the obvious one, but it's also the one you can't really do. Um, you need to have anyone potentially be an investigator, like more like the Clue movie, where everyone's kind of investigating simultaneously, I think, to make this work. Yeah, no, definitely. I also know that they have the, um, 
there, there's a Netflix show, Murderville, that's based on a British show called Murder and Successful. Right, yes. Uh, that is also kind of a, a, a funny touchstone for for this this kind of genre because mm. you do have it's it, it's the same thing where it's like part improv but there's a celebrity guest who is not like part of the scripts right they're just improving off whatever's happening um and i i enjoyed the, the the netflix remake i haven't seen all of the original british version but i've 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 seen clips and in a couple episodes and that's that's another one that's kind of like what you're talking about where yeah. like you know they go through their clues by the last episode of the Netflix one, I was like, okay, these are incredibly obvious, and I was a little less interested, but it was funny watching the celebrities try to guess things and react to things, especially when they weren't even improv celebrities. Like, the Marshawn Lynch episode was great, but I'm also a Seattle Seahawks fan, so it was extra great. Ah, okay. Yeah, it, that that <laughs> show was lots of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, it's something like that where they they do line up all the suspects at the end and the person has to guess and sometimes they're right mm -hmm. sometimes they're wrong but the clues were there you know yeah it's is, is, is interesting to me and the things that they make them do to find out the information is also kind of hilarious to watch oh yeah like like watching someone try to hide in a room as somebody else walks all around the room <laughs> trying to yeah. stay hidden <laughs> or like infiltrate a party or something like yeah. that like it's just nonsense ridiculous right yeah. and, and those kinds of uh, uh, genre as game show things are actually, I think, really good inspiration for they came from because it's a, it is the, a good way to kind of look at the balance of, of you've been inserted into this and you can deform and reshape this this genre trope while everybody else is trying to keep the genre tropes in place. Uh, so um, we also had over, since we started doing polls, also some people in the in the Discord and other places have suggested some options. And mm -hmm. so we thought we'd talk about those. We, again, none of these may show up, but we just thought we'd talk a couple of them and give our thoughts on them. Uh, so I'm going to pick the first one. Then we we'll just kind of we don't have to go in order. Just kind of grab whichever one interesting. But uh, uh, they came from the Z Files. It's currently and this is uh, shows like X Files, Fringe, uh, Agents of Shield. Uh, basically, group of investigators investigate otherworldly phenomena. Uh, and I mentioned earlier, but like I think also. Scooby-Doo would fit into this mm -hmm. yep. mold. And I think this could be fun. I I, I think, Danielle, this is more, another one of those, your subgenre ideas, right? Yeah, I think you could just have a couple of archetypes. You could have a skeptic and a true believer. Right. Um, and maybe like one other. Uh, and, and then just tack them onto the other genres. Yeah. I mean, I would add in like maybe a professional of someone who's yeah. mm -hmm. neither invested in uh, pr proving or disproving things, but just here to do the job. Yep. And then, yeah, it's like if they're investigating sci-fi stuff, then you put them with Beneath the Sea. If they're investigating horror stuff, they're within, you know, Beyond the Grave, so on and so forth. Yep. Uh, somebody else pick one. Someone else pick one. Yes. Uh, there was one called They Came From the Highways, which I think got kind of thrown into the High Octane Apocalypse, because Matthew mentioned in the comments that a lot of people had mentioned, like, car and highway kind of stories. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, they, they, they Came From the Highways would essentially be the, the High Octane Apocalypse without the apocalypse. <laughs> Things like Cannonball Run and Fast and the Furious. Right. Which, once again, not my genre, but sounds like it could be fun. It, it it reminds me. Um. Uh, so I worked on um a project with a friend of mine uh, called Katana's Trenchcoats, which were mm -hmm. very much a a loving pastiche of '90s era uh, White Wolf games. 
or specifically World Darkness games. Um, so it, in, in a lot of sets, it's doing kind of the, the same kind of they came from things, but to the games we worked on. Uh, and one of the archetypes in there was Car Wizard, which is very much this kind of stuff. It's like you can make cars do things that are not only implausible, but also absolutely break the laws of physics. And I think that this kind of stuff for, like, again, Fast and Furious absolutely is that because as I've only seen bits and pieces of Fast and Furious, but I've heard people talk at length about them. And my understanding is that each subsequent Fast and Furious films, Fast and Furious film, gets increasingly ridiculous. Yes. Uh, I would also add in here the horribly underrated Speed Racer film. That's a good movie. I don't care what anybody says. I love the Speed Racer. It is. It's fantastic. And it is a movie where cars, a, a, a car, literally, there's a button to cause it to jump into the air so a guy can leap out of his cockpit and punch the other driver. That's amazing. I don't care what you say. Yeah. Like, it is It is a movie by the Wachowskis, and people seem to like most of what they've done. But for some yeah. reason, like, this one guy panned and weird. But I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. It's got, it's got Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. Who does not love Christina Ricci? Yeah, like playing mom Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I am. I am a fan of the Speed Racer movie. It is very fun. Uh, Danielle, is there one of these that you wanted to talk about? Um, so, uh, you know, some of them were kind of interesting, but I kind of like the they came from Project X. Oh, okay. Um, because I like the '80s sci-fi, like. It's essentially classic 80s street level sci-fi black project setting like Scanners, Firestarter, Watchers, and so many more. And I love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It is the like the 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 government project gone wrong, the uh, investigators trying you know like characters trying to muddle through weirdness but it's like shitting on the government like that's my jam so here's my question is (laughs) could you make a case that hackers is in this genre yes because i feel like hackers was kind of a stab at this but from a different kind of protagonist viewpoint yes absolutely which is another movie that is, is is horribly underrated, in my opinion. Yeah. Also, what I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. I'll also, see. there's. I'll watch it again. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, I man, is it Looper? Which came out in the Bruce Willis two thousands. Yeah, but I think it also hits in that uh, genre a little bit. Yeah. If had Joseph Gordon Levitt, Bruce Willis, Emily Blunt, it's a good movie. Yeah, and, and I think it's another one that could tie well with uh, the Z Files idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this one, I, it's it's funny now that we're talking it through. Um, this is, I think, more of a distinct genre than maybe that other one is because the other one's just investigating the unknown, and then the unknown can be mm-hmm. whatever you put into it. But this is more specifically sci-fi. You're investigating a weird sci-fi thing. Yeah. Do you think 12 Monkeys would fit in this? The movie, yes. The TV show, no. The movie, yeah, yeah. TV show's just weird, frankly. But I have not seen the movie or the TV show. But but then then also Lost theoretically would fit into this. 
Oh man. Okay. So actually I think lost hits a different genre, okay. which is survival horror. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there is a genre survival horror, which it is actually a bigger video game genre than it is like a other media genre. Yeah. But you have games like, uh, seven days to die and, um, uh, the forest and sons of the forest, which, you know, whatever, um, yellow jackets, I think falls into that. My baby. Uh, lost, uh, lost falls into that. Um, there's probably some others like alive, um, that movie, uh, fuck. I just watched it recently. Um, Ravenous falls into that. Have that seen mm. it? Okay. Uh, it's a it's an older movie. Um, but essentially, anything where people are like pitted against the elements and also some weird supernatural bullshit at the same time uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tends to be kind of a survival horror thing where you've got to survive a shipwreck a crash a you know you're alone you're in the wilderness and also there's some weird bullshit going on at the same time Mm -hmm. so by that definition it sounds like a quiet place within that genre uh yeah a little bit i think so probably um also the descent one of my favorite horror movies from the best 20 years or so Mm. Uh, yes great great movie uh, if you want a, a women-led horror film that uh, you should not watch if you're severely claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good movie, though. Um, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that definitely is a genre. And also, you could, kind of like with all of the other that came from games, you can dial up or down the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, like survival horror, you could definitely dial the tone uh, up or down on both the horror part but also on the supernatural part because if you are if if you watch yellow jackets the supernatural has been implied and yes. maybe is there but also maybe has completely other explanations that are not supernatural which is where i tend to like my supernatural to fall it's yes. like is it i don't know sure um, it's like say stranger things where it's it, it is supernatural it is nowhere debate it is obviously right. supernatural it, it, exactly i i think i looked at my boyfriend during the like third or fourth episode of yellow jackets of the first season and was like if they make this some supernatural bullshit i'm be mad because <laughs> i like that it's just like like you know this is first episode stuff obviously there, there's a, a girl soccer team in the 90s they're in a plane crash in the canadian rockies right that's 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 the premise of the show um okay. and they're they're out there in the wilderness for a long time like longer than you would hope uh for various reasons and like the first few episodes are just just the survival part, right? Yes. All of the horror that is there is very like human horror. Right. It is it is what what happens after a plane crash. It is dealing with the death of you know people that you know. Uh, it is all of that 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 sort of thing. Um, and then some like yeah st- stuff creeps in later that makes it yeah supernatural. Yeah. yeah. And and I I really enjoy that about that show specifically, and I. I like that with the the genre, you really could dial it up or down. Yeah, well, and one of the things is you could also dial up the survival aspect in a, like a lot of the the video games that are survival horror, you have to like build a home to survive. 
Right. Like you have to build a home base and you mm-hmm. could include some of the kind of like crafting rules and, and do some cinematics around like you, you try, you try to build, you know, you, you cut down trees and you try to build a cabin, but like you place the wall wrong. Uh, and so it's got like a gap or something silly mm-hmm. and sensical because that shit happens in video games all the time where you're like, Oh, now I've got to break this because I, I didn't count the right like frames up and now it's completely misaligned. Um, and, or like all of the resource gathering, like I'm thinking about Valheim, um, and all of the resource gathering you have to do in that game. Uh, and, and it's, you know, clearly I wouldn't say like grind resource gathering in a tabletop, but you could do some cinematics that are essentially like having to, deal with that aspect of the genre. I can totally see that. Uh, another one I wanted to touch on a little bit, um, it's kind of related to the mystery one, but it's different, is uh, they came from the crime scene, which is basically all of the CSI uh, shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. again, they're so tropey and so formulaic that I think they would be ripe for this kind of, of pastiche and, and, and satire uh, because... It's the, you know, things like way overthinking the crime, um, yeah, and uh, uh, evidence that makes no sense, but it's just there to push the plot along, um, you know, right, uh, 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 you know, the um, obvious guest star of the week, who's going to become the murder victim. Mm-hmm. I was an avid fan of Bones for many years, mm-hmm. um, partially because I, I liked that it went into the actual like forensic stuff. Although I do realize it's also not accurate. I'm not silly, um. Right. It's a TV show. I understand that it is TV forensics. But at at the same time, by like the third season or so, because I was younger when when the show first came on, I kind of was like, oh, it's it's always the first person they talk to. Like the like first person they talk to is always the 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 killer or knows way more about it than they let on. But they have to talk to three other people because it's an hour long show. Right. And and what's I don't want to say interesting because it's not the right word. Uh, uh, what is uh, uh, noteworthy, I suppose, or noticeable about these shows mm-hmm. uh, is that they are mysteries in terms of the fact of the trappings. They are not mysteries in terms of structure because there's no mystery. Anybody who's watched any of these shows, like you said, you pretty quickly pick up the structure. And so you know what the answer is going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't watch these shows to be confused or to think no it's 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 just it's going through the motions for hundreds of episodes right and again i think that that is a difference as opposed to like the um one that's actually being moted on which is the the mystery one it's the the player should be guessing all the way to the end possibly even past the end of who actually did it uh this one it's the uh, you i I would structure just like okay we decide at the beginning of the game who the murderer is (laughs) and then just play through it. So I think that there's uh, some interesting element of that where you play to find out not who did the murder, but how they, how they did the murder. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, can be kind of an interesting, like it's the Columbo, you know, you know, you know, 
you, the viewer, knows who did it at the beginning of Columbo, and mm-hmm. you watch them go through and also murder she wrote you kind of know who did it murder she wrote i love that show uh you kind of know who did it at the beginning of the story and you're watching the investigator figure it out and so knowing who did it isn't the point in that genre it's figuring out how they did it and putting all those pieces together as opposed to what the fuck is going on Right. Yeah, I I grew up in a household that received Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine, which I don't know really? what anybody thinks about these days. Oh my um, god! Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My 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 mom got that. I and I used to read it after she was done. Um, and they always had little like exercises like that in in the book as part of it, like a like a you figure it out situation, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I have learned to always suspect ice as the weapon from that. Like right, the, the most common thing. It's like, well, there wasn't a weapon found. I'm like, it's probably ice. It's probably I, ice. It's probably ice. But I don't that, know what else it could be. Is that in the same category of of irrational fear of quicksand based on media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, if there is a murder weapon, I assume it's ice. Um, and if there is sand, I assume I'm going to fall into it and die. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I. Uh, I I love those where you kind of see up front what happened and then you're just following along, seeing how it unravels. Mm-hmm. Um, you you see that a fair amount in like horror movies too, right? Like sure. there there's a couple of genres of horror. There's a genre where you don't know who the killer is, which is your mystery horror, I guess. Things like you know Scream, for instance, right? Uh, where there's there's always a big reveal about who the killer is. Um, and then there's the shows and and movies where you you know up front who the killer is and nobody else does. You know, like, you know who Michael Myers is from pretty much the beginning of Halloween. Right, But right. Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't. And she's like, why the fuck is this guy trying to kill me? You know? It's and just it's, interesting. Well, and that, that's uh, what, but again, what I find fascinating is, like, with these they came from, because we're doing more of them now, is that y- 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 you kind of can keep subdividing, subdividing, subdividing. Um, and at some point in time, it becomes too specific. Like, um, mm-hmm. I know I... Among other people, hi Michaela, have pitched. Uh, they came from Super <laughs> Sentai uh, because it's on some level it's the there you know there's there's five archetypes, there's five colors. They they all have very specific. Yeah, very but clear one of those roles. archetypes is the girl. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't need to be reworked a bit, um, uh, but uh, but also that's a sub on some level that's a subgenre of superheroes, right? Yeah. It is also very closely tied to a a setting that's been thrown around a lot, which is anime. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I I know a lot of people tie those two together mostly because they both came from Japan around the same time over to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a a lot of us were watching, you know, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, and Power Rangers as as kids, right. and kind of just put them all in one bucket. Even though Super Sentai is definitely it's it's its own distinct genre. Um, it is still very similar to things like a magical girl genre in that there's transformations, Absolutely. there's a team, there's a certain amount of them. They're all themed after something, right? Mm-hmm. They have very specific roles on the team. Mm-hmm. And once again, sometimes that role is pretty girl because uh, it's right. pretty much what Sailor Venus does in Sailor Moon, for instance. <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's she's the hot one, I guess, even though they're all fourteen. <laughs> um, but that's that's, that's her role. <laughs> yeah, like. 
that's 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 just a a a, a trope of a, a lot of these genres. And I mean, you could put those tropes on your cowboy bebop characters, right? Yeah. Uh, you could put them on a lot of 90s anime. Like there was this period of anime in the late 90s that I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with where there wasn't much on TV. Yep. There were lots on VHS that you could maybe yes. get like one or two of the like OVA era. Yeah. Um that's you know that's 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 where I saw things like Tenshi Muyo and Rama One Half and Fushigi yep. Yugi and a lot of other things that probably do not hold up in the slightest. Uh, prices, but, yeah. But I but I saw them. Um, and now, of course, we have things like Crunchyroll, where you can watch all of the anime that was ever made. Yeah. But back then, those of us who liked anime were just, like, grabbing with our grubby little hands, being like, where? Where do I find it? I'm going to go on this GeoCity site and look at fan subs. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I remember going to anime conventions and pouring through bootleg VHS tapes with, like, printed covers, mm-hmm. uh, yes. trying to find, like fan subs of my favorite like oh, of I, new shows yep. and stuff i spent quite a bit of money on season five of sailor moon because that was the main one that didn't come to the u.s mm-hmm. um and because they weren't going to bring it over here now now with crystal i think they are actually doing stuff with it um but like i definitely spent money on like a you know seven vhs or eight vhs set for one of the final arc of sailor yeah. moon um yeah. That was fan subbed just so I could see the Sailor Stars arc for the first time. <laughs> like I was aware of it because I had read about it on the aforementioned GeoCities pages, yes, uh, and Angel Fire pages, but I had not gotten to see it. And so, like that was a big deal was actually owning that and like watching it with my other Sailor Moon fan friends. Um, and I'm a big fan of the Sailor Stars arc, so I'm 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 glad I got to see it as a as a younger person. Uh, but yeah, it was a very weird time in anime that anybody under the age of, I don't know, 25 or 30 might not get anymore. Um, but we had no access to it at the time. And those of us who thought it was cool really wanted that access. Like I used to buy Smile Mag and all the other like weird American manga magazines that would have like one quarter of a serialized story in each one. I mean, my my version of all that was um, finding out as a Transformers fan that there was a mythical fourth season of Transformers that never made it to the U.S., Ooh. Um, which which we now know as, as the Headmasters series, um, where they continued on after you know the movie and after the third series. There's a whole new series, and again, same, same thing, you know, one or two episodes that are copies of copies of copies of copies of copies mm. uh, that are fan subbed with someone's Amiga in a basement. Um, <laughs> uh, we're all showing our age on this episode oh yeah no totally and like it, and, and you could tell different people speaking because there are different colors of subtitle oh yeah uh, yeah yeah. Oh, that, that was a big thing people used to do yes um, and, and that's because uh, um, there's uh, there is actually a anime streaming site that just focuses on 90s era anime uh, and they had um, uh, Public Crisis uh, mentioned earlier um, and they only have like the original 90s era subs they were official ones but they're still 90s era and so like seeing those like green and red subtitles i was like oh this takes me back to a very severe and like there was no standardization of subtitle formatting so it's just whatever people thought to get the point across um but anyway the the point of all of that was is that sometimes these get really muddy and so we can have suggestions that 
like two different kinds of mystery ones mm-hmm. that that on the surface seem like there's a lot of overlap but as you dig in they actually end up becoming very distinct um interstellar starship actually is another good example where like we did a kind of they came from outer space tasty bit but that's a very different take of sci-fi than yeah. interstellar starship aliens attacking earth is very different than living on a spaceship Right. Uh, there's a lot of overlap between noir and spy fiction, but when you actually start breaking it down, they actually become very distinctive, and, and there's enough there that you can make a different game out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what, like, there's... I know that we're, we're getting to time, but I, I would say that the only other one that gets mentioned a lot is martial arts and any kind of martial arts action movies. Um, it's, it's, it's not that we, you know, aren't going to do it. We might. I don't know. Uh, but it, it it is one that's been a little bit more difficult to, I think, break down into how the game would play. Yeah, especially because a lot of martial arts films either have a single lone character that we follow um, and, and they, they go through everything. But also martial arts, like anime, does have some pretty distinct subgenres. Like a John Woo martial arts film is very different from a Jackie Chan martial arts film. Absolutely. Uh, and also, mm-hmm. if I think about group martial arts films, then I get into, like, I feel like we hit more of, like, the Cayman Rider and the, mm-hmm. like, it's the more, they're more, I not always, because there are definitely some, like, group martial arts films that are not, but it feels more, I am more inclined to be like, oh, well, why don't we just do this as that kind of like over the top group dynamic that is everybody's, you know, got a, a colored beetle that they're in and then they make a giant beetle. Uh, Right. Right. uh, I mean, you could also do like wushu fantasy, but again, like now you're moving into, they came like Lops's cave on some level too. Uh, Also, I'm just going to throw this out here, which is Mm. that um, I'm not sure that we have enough Asian authors to really do that genre justice. Right. Yeah, totally. That's a good point. Um, I do think that um, if we looked at a slightly different take on it um, it, and just move it into action film, because really martial arts films are just a very specific culture's version of an action film, then we're back into like Danger Zone. They came from Danger Zone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because again, a lot of those archetypes are pretty similar. If you look at something like, um, you know, the eighties, uh, Schwarzenegger films, for example, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of similar archetype overlaps to a lot of the seventies and eighties martial arts films. And one of the reasons why I think they were popular at the time is because the action pacing was not atypical for an American action audience, action film audience. It's just that they had on top of that. Uh, amazing choreography and amazing choreography it, a different kind of visual spectacle on top of it but otherwise it's the um a man is on a mission to get revenge for his friend who was killed that could describe a lot of different films from a lot of different cultures yeah absolutely so yeah so we have lots of options obviously people are still suggesting more uh which is why we're not talking about the upcoming polls is because they're all subject to change yes. uh yes. you know we had we, we had some things that we thought about putting in obviously but as people seem excited about one idea or another or they come up with something that's better than something that we came up with we're throwing it on there um so hopefully the four genres will go uh my way there's definitely one that i might write on if it happens 
that I'm hoping happens, but I'm not going to say <laughs> what because I don't want to jinx it. Sure. But I have already talked right. to Matthew about maybe writing on it. So, ah. <laughs> there, there are there are a few that would come around where it's like, uh, eh, eh, eh. Eh, eh? Mm-hmm. is that is that is that for me? <laughs> yeah. But if it's not, I understand. Uh, I we we really want to make a book that gives uh, y'all what you want um and gives you the options that you're looking for so that's that's the most important thing do not unless you're voting for this one for danielle even though the vote's already over uh do not vote the way that we're asking you to vote the way that you want (laughs) vote 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 your conscience but also vote daniel's conscience yeah please vote my (laughs) conscience i mean really shouldn't everybody's conscience be danielle's conscience like she's very important it would make things a lot easier that's for sure yeah yes if everybody just did what I wanted them to do, the world would be so much better. <laughs> so, Danielle, if people wanted to ask you what their orders are in your new world order, where would they find you online? Uh, they would find me on the Onyx Path Discord. They would find me um, uh, at daniellelozon.com. Um, sometimes I'm on Twitter. Uh, mostly not. Um, and sometimes I'm... Uh, on Facebook, but that's pretty rare too. <laughs> uh, and Dixie, people want to ask you about how to uh, put Sailor Moon into they came from. Where would they find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me uh, pretty much everywhere at Dixie Cyanide. Uh, mostly in the Discord is where I'm at talking, hanging out. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm I can put Sailor Moon on anything, as you know. So that's 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 that's, that's, that's my shitty superpower. Like I got. <laughs> I got one through power, and it was like, you can figure out a way to make Sailor Moon work in anything. And I'm like, why? Why? Flight? Te- teleportation? Something cool? Nope. Putting Sailor Moon and shit. <laughs> and if you want to ask me about my alien robot they came from game, uh, you can find me uh, on the Onyx Path Discord in uh, a few of the different channels, uh, but the Onyx Pathcast channel is definitely a place you can find all of us at. Um, you also find me on uh, Dice.Camp as Pugsteady. Uh, I'm also a couple of places at Pugsteady. My website is Pugsteady.com. It's P-U-G-S-T-A-D-Y. You can find all of us at TheOnyxPath.com. Please swing by Kickstarter if you haven't already. Check out the They Came From, the RPG anthology. Uh, obviously, this is a, a project where we're getting a lot of community feedback and your community feedback is shaping not only the polls themselves, uh, but also what we put on those polls. So uh, yeah. please keep checking it out, keep engaging with us. Uh, if you're curious but not sure if you want to commit, just pledge a dollar. You'll, you'll still be able to read the manuscript and decide if it's for you. Five dollars. Uh, and also, uh, by the time you're listening to this, we will have the Onyx PathCon coming up in the near future. Yes. Uh, so if you want to uh, find out all about your favorite games and some upcoming games that we'll be announcing in the near so future. So many exciting yeah. announcements. I'm so excited that about what we're going to announce. Yeah, that is next weekend. Please tune in on Twitch. Please hang out in the Discord. Um, we are definitely looking forward to everything we're going to be talking about. Uh, and I, I, I cannot wait. Uh, this is our fourth Onyx PathCon. Yeah. Uh, which... Is wild to me because I think when we did it, we were like, yeah, we're just doing it because it's a pandemic and we have a few months of lockdown. Um, and then, of course, we had many years of a pandemic that we're still in. And also, <laughs> right. um, we I like the virtual con. Like, I, I guarantee you any shot that I'm in that entire weekend, I am wearing pajama pants. And it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way to do a con. I don't have real shoes on. 
Awesome. And also, it's right now the only way that all of us will be able to come together if <laughs> things have been going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, if you ever wondered what it's like to be part of an actual Pathcast recording, we will have a live Pathcast episode that you can come in and hang out. Uh, and definitely the chat shapes are those live shows. So come on, come chat with us, hang out with us, derail us constantly because we don't need any more encouragement to be derailed from our conversations. You can see me and my mythical three drinks in person. Yes. Mythical. Yes. One, of one of them will be orange. I, I am a beverage goblin. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so with that said, um, please, back to kickstarter if you think it's for you please check out the polls uh please if you can uh come check out the panels and actual plays at onyx pathcon and as always many worlds one path